Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Collateral Damage Three Women That Karen Kossoff Never Met By Rugger on AO3 Rating Teenin' Up Part 1 Melissa As she made her way down the brightly lit corridors of the hospital, Karen could feel fragments of memory crowding on the edges of her consciousness, teased by the sharp smell of disinfectant and illness. In her 15 years as one of the FBI's resident counselors, she'd visited a lot of hospitals, had acquired a lot of memories, both good and bad. Mostly it had been in her professional capacity to visit agents who had been injured on the job. But there were also times, the other cases, the ones that had nothing to do with the FBI. It did not technically fall under her domain, but she felt that she owed her patients, her colleagues, her fellow agents, her support even when the Bureau did not require it from her. As she reached the end of the corridor and opened the door to the room where the nurse had told her Agent Scully was staying, but she was surprised to find her sitting in a chair, reading a book, instead of resting in the bed. It took her a second to realize that the woman wasn't Scully, just someone who resembled her. She quickly glanced at the door to make sure she hadn't entered the wrong room before addressing the woman. I'm sorry. I'm looking for Dana Scully. Is this her room? The woman looked up from her book. Yes, she's just having a... She paused, frowning. A CAT scan? Or maybe a CT scan? Something like that. She shook her head. Dana was always so much better at these things. She set the book on the bed. Are you a friend of Dana's? Karen held out her hand. Karen Kossoff. I'm her colleague at the FBI. The woman's movements when she stood up and took Karen's hand were shaky and uncertain, like those of a child that was only learning to walk. I'm Melissa, Dana's sister. Melissa returned to her seat as soon as she let go of Karen's hand, as if even that smallest movement had exhausted her. When she picked up her book again, Karen made note that it was a large print edition of a novel she remembered seeing on the New York Times bestseller list. She realized that she must have stared at that book too long when Melissa held it out to her. It's quite good, Melissa said, as Karen accepted the book and opened it at a random page, more out of politeness than any real interest. Nothing in this world happens by chance. Do you believe in God? Melissa suddenly asked. Karen closed the book and gave it back to Melissa. I can't say that I've really thought about it. It was a lie. And then again, not. She'd never had to think about it herself. She'd heard enough evidence for both and against by listening to her patients. Melissa nodded. I don't think there is a God as such, but I believe that there is something greater than us. A good will of some kind that looks over us. There has to be. She was quiet for a second, her hand idly caressing the spine of the book. I was shot last year by a man who was trying to kill Dana. I've heard that when people are hurt badly, they often try to find a reason for why it happened. Why this? Why me? But I never went through that. I knew why. It was because the man who shot me had mistaken me for Dana. But then when Dana got sick, I started thinking differently. That maybe that was because of me. That maybe I was supposed to die in that shooting so that she could live. She was still looking at her, like she expected her to answer, to agree with or validate what she had just said, 
Her therapist instincts were already treating Melissa as if she was her patient, mentally going through the DMS IV, searching for possible diagnosis, while the rest of her brain was still trying to come up with something to say. Suddenly, Melissa laughed. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so deep and depressing. I've just been thinking about this a lot, and I can't really talk about it with Dana, can I? She shook her head. And I don't really think I was meant to die. It makes no sense. The universe is a beautiful place, and whatever it is that is looking over us doesn't want to harm us. I have to believe that, but I still think that everything happens for a reason. There was a sound from outside, and when Karen turned to look, she saw a nurse pushing Dana in a wheelchair down the corridor. Melissa stood up and set the book down on the bed. She headed towards the door, but then paused, giving Karen one last look. The shooting may have been random, but there's a reason why I survived. I think I was saved because I was meant to be here, now, in this moment, because the universe knew that Dana would need me. Part 2. Diana The click of her heels echoed from the bare concrete walls as she made her way across the dark parking garage. It was late at night and the garage was almost empty. Her car was one of the few still left parked there. She hadn't meant to work so late but she wanted to catch up on her paperwork. And somehow, a quick half an hour behind her desk had turned into an hour, then two hours, and three hours. In the end, it had only been the sight of the late-night security guard checking the offices that had reminded her to gather her papers and go home. She never believed in ghosts or spirits or other supernatural phenomenon, but she couldn't help feeling the pressure of the darkness around her, like some malice genius sloking. From the corner of her eye, she saw something move in the shadows between the concrete columns. She had hastened her steps without even thinking. Before she realized that what she'd seen was a man and a woman standing by one of the cars, arguing. As she came closer, she recognized the man as Agent Mulder. His companion, an older woman with dark hair and a deep gray power suit, also looked familiar. But as much as she tried, Karen couldn't put a name on the face. She nodded in greetings as she passed them but they both ignored her, simply lowering their voices as they continued to argue. It wasn't until she reached her car that she suddenly realized where she'd seen the woman before. She turned around just in time to see Mulder and the woman get into the car. Karen never actually met Diana Fowley, since the agent had been assigned to one of her colleagues, but she'd seen her a few times at the corridors and cafeteria. Had known her well enough to recognize her name, when her unfortunate death had been reported on the common mailing list. Her own keys forgotten in her hand, Karen watched the cars pass her. Fally looked older than she had in the photograph on the memorial wall of the cafeteria, but Karen was certain that it was still her. For a moment, their eyes met, but then the car turned behind a column, taking the ghost with it. Part 3. Cassandra These days, Karen often found herself thinking about her sessions with Dana Scully, back when she still worked for the FBI. There was one session that she kept going back to, right after Scully's abduction, where the agent had haltingly explained what she thought had happened to her during her absence. Aliens, tests, spaceships. Karen had written it down in her session notes as a dissociative amnesia triggered by the trauma of being abducted by Dwayne Berry, combined with the hallucinations and false memories that could be chalked down to Agent Mulder's influence. It was the most logical explanation, and Scully 
as a medical professional, had mostly agreed with her analysis, preferring to discuss the less fantastical aspects of her trauma in subsequent sessions. But now as she watched the news, it seemed almost naive how she had dismissed the story as just a figment of imagination. No more true than the rumors she'd heard on the office corridors about the X-Files and Spooky Mulder's quest. The extraterrestrial life forms discovered last year in Siberia and Alaska. The evidence was now there, even though some still denied it, most recently having taken the form of the woman currently being shown on the news. Some kind of alien-human hybrid, a product of genetic tampering. Karen poured herself another cup of coffee and settled down to watch the report. The woman's body was covered with burn scars, her face a frozen mask of molten flesh, but her eyes were strong as she stared at the camera and the still image on the screen. The eyes of a woman who fought and suffered, but who hadn't given up, even though Karen was certain she must have sometimes longed for death. According to the CDC, the vaccination will also be available within just a few weeks. But her life was now everyone's life, her blood the key to the cure for the infection that threatened to wipe out whole continents. And as the news report ended and Karen turned off the TV, she couldn't help thinking just how the death or life of just one human being could be so important. How different the story would have been if Cassandra Spender hadn't survived. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>